0: The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. In-depth investigative.
1: This is KXAN News Today. A days-long manhunt for the shooter accused of killing five of his neighbors outside Houston is now over. And it's all thanks to an anonymous tip. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller.
2: I'm Sally Hernandez. Investigators found Francisco Oropesa... He was hiding in the closet under a pile of clothes at a home near Conroe. Conroe is just north of Houston and about 30 minutes from Cleveland, Texas, where he murdered the family. We have aerial views right now of the scene when the FBI got the lead yesterday on his whereabouts. Thanks to someone who caught the tip line, Oropesa was on the run for days. Investigators say he shot his neighbors, including a nine-year-old boy, after a member of the family asked him to stop firing his AR-15 because an infant was trying to sleep. The San Jacinto County Sheriff hopes to ease fears now that he's caught.
1: They can rest easy now um, because he is behind bars and he will live out his life behind bars.
2: Lopez is now being transferred to the jail. NBC News' Sam Brock reports this morning on Today from Texas on the charges and a multi-million dollar bond that has now been set for the suspect.
1: First
0: warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry.
3: We begin our Wednesday with a mainly sunny, uh, clear sky, I should say, mainly sunny skies expected later on into the afternoon, but right now it's going to be a quiet start to our day, not seeing any fog issues here in the city. We'll watch that very closely for those of you in the southeastern counties, but in general, today is going to look and feel very similar to what we felt yesterday. Live look from our North Austin, indeed domain camera, everything nice and quiet, a little on the cooler side out west, 59 inland you know, 60 in Marble Falls, 66 in Dripping Springs. We've got most of us in those little mid-60s from about I-35 eastward. Temperatures anywhere from 2 to 3 degrees on either side of how we started yesterday morning, so similar feel in the morning, and I think as far as the afternoon goes, we're going to be just a little bit warmer, kind of cranking up the heat slowly but surely here with not only warmer temperatures but a little more humidity in our atmosphere as well. So 60s to start, 70s by lunch, you can plan on a forecast high near 85 today. Today will be our last rain-free day area wide. No rain chances to worry about for your Wednesday, but starting tomorrow, we are going to be tracking at least a broken lawn of storms coming into our area. There will be a severe risk tied to that, but I have an update for you on not only our Thursday severe weather threat, but now a new severe weather threat for Friday, and I'll tell you what, these storms not going to hurt the warm-up. Temperatures will continue to climb as we get into the later half of the week and weekend. So a lot to discuss. I've got those details sorted out for you coming up in my first morning
4: forecast, but let's get an early check on the roads this morning with Erica. All right, thanks, Kristen. Yeah, early check because of this. This is a big traffic alert for northbound 35 down south. This is a live look from our text stock camera north of SH 45 southeast. So this is a big alert for anyone driving in from San Marcos, Kyle, Buda, maybe even if you know someone coming in from San Antonio, let them know about this northbound 35. Here's what's happened. An 18 wheeler actually crashed into a construction zone ongoing construction here on I 35 down south it crashed into a vehicle that is actually designed to protect those workers working in construction zones. So thankfully no significant injuries or anything like that, though uh, the driver was taken to the hospital. Uh, just a heads up those two right lanes of northbound 35 are shut down. Now the two left lanes remain open. There is a heavy tow truck on scene trying to get that 18 wheeler back upright. It overturned. Uh, so from what I understand, these lanes will be closed for probably another hour at least. But it's something we're watching closely and we wanted to get on here early to give you an early heads up about these delays on northbound 35, again, north of SH45, uh, right near Onion Creek. So heads up about that. The delays right now, not significant, but you know, another hour, this will be very different. Sally.
2: Okay, thank you. Attorneys for the former Army Sergeant Daniel Perry gonna be back in a courtroom later on today. They want a new trial, and they believe evidence was left out that would prove Perry was not the initial aggressor and the murder of protester Garrett Foster. A pair convicted of shooting and killing the Air Force veteran and Black Lives Matter protester back in July of 2020 in downtown Austin. Reaction from community members this morning on the almost 12,000 traffic stops DPS has made since troopers started patrolling in Austin just about a month ago.
1: This initiative aims to curb both violent crime and traffic deaths and KXN's Brianna Hollis takes a look at where troopers are focusing their energy.
5: Jessica and her dog Brownie live off Mentopolis Drive. Every day I come home from work and I I go to both of my jobs and I see them there every single day. Like they're just sitting in the same spot waiting and then they let that person go and then immediately they hit their lights to get somebody else. A 15-minute drive
6: away. The only reason I know about the DPS partnership is because my friends on the east
5: side have said that they've noticed patrols. LIVING ON SOUTH LAMAR, I HAVEN'T NOTICED ANYTHING. THESE TWO WOMEN'S PERSPECTIVES REALLY EXEMPLIFY SOME OF THE CONCERNS WE'VE GOTTEN FROM THE PUBLIC, AS WELL AS CONCERNS CITY COUNCIL MEMBERS HAVE BROUGHT FORWARD. AND WE BROUGHT THESE PERSPECTIVES TO CHIEF JOSEPH CHACON.
0: CERTAINLY THINK THAT YOU'RE GOING TO SEE IN THE COMING WEEKS Uh, a greater disbursement of the troopers you'll probably see them in some areas you haven't before
5: troopers go where APD tells them to APD makes those decisions based on the number of 911 calls for violent crime and numbers show these efforts are significantly helping reduce criminal activity during Tuesday's city council briefing on the project we learned for the first time where these areas are Runburg Cameron Road and Riverside we continue to reach record high numbers for traffic deaths in Austin so that's DPS's other main focus. We also learned Tuesday, in addition to helping Austin police patrol major highways, troopers now also monitor RM-2222 and Loop-360, South Congress between South First and Slaughter Lane, West William Cannon and Slaughter Lane, and Southwest Parkway.
0: I certainly would tell people you need to slow down because your chance at this point with all these additional resources of getting pulled over for
1: traffic violations is going to be higher.
5: Brianna Hollis, KXAN News.
1: The city manager's office says city and county leaders are going to work to complete a comprehensive data report on DPS's actions that it will update regularly. Council will meet with law enforcement again on this on May 22nd. Looking at the data, an Austin memo says in these last four weeks, criminal activity is down 12% from this time last year. 911 calls, they are down 17% from this time last year, and response times are down as well. Right now, emergency response times average roughly eight minutes, 45 seconds. That is a minute and 15 seconds faster than the week before the partnership started. DPS says it's arrested 780 people and recovered dozens of weapons and pieces of stolen property. Elgin ISD campuses will soon have metal detectors. What parents now think about this added safety measure. Welcome back. Some people could face charges after LGBT, LGBTQ protesters clash with state troopers at the Capitol.
2: Yeah, this was the scene yesterday over a bill on gender-affirming care for children. The speaker, Jade Phelan, said that he warned the demonstrators that the behavior he saw in the gallery wouldn't be tolerated. And he went on to say, quote, there will always be differing perspectives, but in our chamber, we will debate those differences with respect.
1: Phelan asked to clear the House gallery after the protesters started chanting against a Senate bill. This bill would ban children from getting procedures or treatment used for gender transitioning.
2: Some of the demonstrators ended up in handcuffs. Eventually, officers cleared them from the Capitol altogether. A procedural move blocked the bill, but lawmakers could still try to advance it. The All In for Equality Coalition tweeted, quote, we are deeply disturbed by and closely monitoring what has happened at the Texas Capitol.
1: Still ahead, why teachers from all over the state are making their way into Austin today.
2: Why it may cost students more intuition to
4: go to the University of Texas. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves. Everything in reach.
1: Good morning, a live look outside from our Indeed Domain Tower camera looking out at Q2 Stadium. Kristen says we have a nice day ahead. It is the last one for a while, so look for her forecast in just a bit. First, we wanna tell you that teachers from all over the state are making their way into Austin today. They're gonna to be rallying for better pay and funding for their schools. The
2: members of the American Federation of Teachers say the current bills state lawmakers are considering just don't do enough to support or even respect educators and staff members. A bill in the House would change how school districts get funding. A Senate proposal would give every teacher a pay raise with additional money for teachers in small and mid-sized school districts. The American Federation of Teachers say their Members feel disrespected about the legislation that's under consideration.
1: The president of the Texas chapter says that's why members have shown up to testify against these bills. Some context here, the legislation is in response to a steep increase in the number of teachers leaving the profession. The most recent data from the Texas Education Agency shows more educators are quitting.
3: Well, Air Quality Awareness Week continues today and I checked in with the City of Austin's Office of Sustainability to find out what pollutants bring us problems here in Central Texas. Air quality is part of our everyday life and to talk more about it today is Amanda mortal with the office of sustainability with the city of Austin, Amanda, let's jump into it air quality in
7: Central Texas. What are some of those things that we need to be looking for? I'm very glad to say that we generally do have clean air, Um, but if you are going to see an air quality alert, uh, you will most likely see them uh, about ozone and particulate matter or dust. Our issues are similar to other, you know, concerns that other cities have, you know, we drive our cars and um, we're using electricity that might uh, be from fossil fuels and burning fossil fuels. So we have the same struggles, um, but we are lucky to say that as, as far as big cities are concerned, we do have very relatively clean air.
3: And as far as ozone goes, that seems to be the one that pops up more often than not for us. When it comes to those levels that might be concerning. Is there a certain time of year or a certain season that we need to be very cautious of that?
7: You know, now that you say it, um, that season is March through November, and part of ozone season is um, assisted, or part of that ozone creation is assisted by the sun. And since we do have a lot of extra sun here, um, that might be one, you know, reason why that season is a little bit extended on either side. Dust too. So dust is part of air quality. Yeah, um, I'm calling it particulate matter because there's there's dust but there's just so many different kinds of little small particles in the air and the smaller they are of course the more damage and the easier it is to get into your lungs and so on those dusty days we want to Change the time of day we're doing construction activities or take extra precautions. Um, and of course, at home, we can change our filters and stay inside and um, have less vigorous exercise outside on those days to protect ourselves. If you are concerned about air quality, especially if you're sensitive um, lungs, you're going to want to check the air quality forecast every day. And you can check that at air, aircentraltexas.org. Um, and as far as everyday things, um, we can always use sustainable modes of transportation, walking, biking, using public transit. Um, we can uh, invest in electric cars and an electric um, landscape equipment that will help you know, tail type, tailpipe emissions. Um, and of course, conserving our electricity and our energy at home will also reduce um, emissions.
3: That's good advice. Yeah. yeah, really important stuff. You know, we can't live without air and we have to do it. So yeah. we might as well, you know, make sure it's clean. Absolutely. We're going to be talking a lot more about transportation and air quality here a little bit later on in the morning. So let me get you to your forecast because clouds and radar are not showing me much. It's going to be a mainly cloudy start to the day. We don't have anything in the way of significant rain yet. You can leave that umbrella at home. Clouds and radar showing just some scattered showers up toward north and west. Those will not hold together long Enough to impact us today. 65 degrees, humidity 90% as far as the numbers go. You can plan on seeing the 80s again this afternoon. Forecast high of 85 underneath that partially sunny sky. We're going to begin with a lot of cloud cover, but some of those clouds disappear on us. That's going to allow for some sunshine as we get into the afternoon. Tomorrow will be the start of daily rain chances. So you wake up tomorrow morning with another mainly cloudy sky. But as we transition into the afternoon, really early, Early evening, a couple isolated storms to start, and then we'll be watching a broken line of storms moving west to east across our area into the early part of the night. Now, I'm not convinced everybody will see storms, but those who do need to be watching for a strong to severe storm in the mix, and we're still highlighted for a two out of five risk in the hill country tomorrow and a one out of five risk everywhere else. The I-35 corridor in eastern counties, hail and damaging winds will be the two primary concerns with any severe storms tomorrow. And then new on Friday, we now have another severe risk. It's low one out of five, but includes all of our counties here in Central Texas. So both Thursday and Friday, a risk of strong to severe storms here in Central Texas. We have the opportunity to pick up anywhere from about half an inch to about an inch and a half of rain with those rain chances. But I'll tell you what, It's getting humid here, so regardless if you see rain, you're going to be dealing with heat and humidity late weekend to the weekend. So your 74 forecast shows 85 today underneath that partly sunny sky, 40% chance of storms in the evening, primarily tomorrow with that severe risk. Friday, here come the 90s. The 90s stay with us pretty much as we get into the weekend and beyond. The rain chances low, 20 to 30%. Again, not everyone's going to get wet every day and it's not going to be a washout, but We'll be watching for these daily storm chances beginning tomorrow
4: and continuing all the way through the early part of next week. Erica. All right. Thank you so much, Kristen. Traffic alert this morning. Heads up northbound 35. Let me move out of the way so you can really get a good look of what's going on. This is a crash, a big crash on south I-35, the northbound lanes. This is our tech stock camera, just north of SH45 Southeast, a very busy part of town. This is the area that builds up first every single morning during your morning rush hour. So the two right lanes of northbound 35 are blocked. Two lanes are open. That is going to be a huge factor in this morning commute. Uh, So something you need to start planning accordingly for. Northbound Mopac, if that's an option, will be the better option. Northbound 130 will be the better option if you can use that instead. Here's what happened. An 18-wheeler crashed into this construction zone that is an ongoing construction zone. This is down south. You've got the Capital Express project south happening. Big improvements coming to I-35. But a 18-wheeler crashed into this construction site. Now, what happened is it actually crashed into a vehicle that is designed to protect the construction workers that are out there on scene. So thankfully, no one as far as the construction workers were injured, they crashed into that uh, vehicle, and it's a huge safety situation there. The 18-wheeler driver was taken to the hospital, but from what I understand, not sustained any sort of life uh, uh, injuries or, or anything like that. So again, Northbound 35 crash Right near Onion Creek Parkway, just north of SH-45 Southeast, going to be a big traffic maker with those two right lanes blocked. Not sure exactly how much longer things will stay closed, but we're watching it closely.
2: Okay, Erica, thank you. Students and staff at Elgin ISD campuses will soon navigate metal detectors. It comes after safety concerns remain top of mind for many families.
1: There was a fight that broke out last Monday, and rumors circulated that there were weapons on campus. KXA and Sarah Alshay talked with parents about these added security measures.
6: Increased security is coming to all Elgin ISD campuses in the form of handheld metal detectors.
1: I'm all for it.
8: Uh, I was hoping that it would happen.
6: The district hasn't gotten back to us about how they plan on using the metal detectors, whether it will be on a case-by-case basis or on all students as they come into the school. Just saying in an email to parents and staff that they'll be available for administrative use in the interest of safety. It comes as Elgin ISD parents like Levi Bannigan have growing security concerns.
8: Everybody's, you know, very justifiably hypersensitive to what's happening. You know, we've seen just down in Uvalde, you know, poor kids slaughtered. And you're always scared that that's your kid's school is going to be the next one.
6: Just last week, there was a fight at the high school with reports of a knife being used. The next day, rumors circulated of a gun on campus. Elgin ISD and Elgin Police said there were no weapons in either incident. Still, it's prompted the district to increase safety measures. While Bannigan supports the metal detectors, he understands why some are apprehensive.
8: They're concerned about the kind of culture that gets set in the school about how. Having that elevated security. The
6: district didn't have an exact date when they'll start using the metal detectors, but tells KXAN they first must train staff. Bannigan is hopeful it will help, but says he'd also like to see other initiatives along with it.
8: A lot of other parents have also advocated for more volunteerism, mental health resources, physical security
1: resources. I I really think that there's a lot that we can improve on.
6: Sarah Ulshah, KXAN News.
1: The district is hosting a safety symposium and community forum next Tuesday at the high school's cafeteria. There will be a panel presentation with a question and answer session.
9: This is KXAN
0: Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Born in Congo. My life growing up was not, it was not easy. Beyond Young Yamiki moved to Burundi in East Africa at the age of three. You go through the day not knowing if you're
9: gonna eat not knowing what's gonna happen next.
0: Yonyamiki came to Austin in northeast early college prep as a 14 year old knowing just a few words of English.
9: First day in school, I remember I went home and I told my mom, I ask her, why do we come here if it's going to be like this?
0: Reading books with the help of Google Translate, Yonya Miki, called Fit by teammates and coaches, learned the language and has really found a home on the soccer field with a diverse group of teammates. A kid like Fit, an African refugee with very little English, has become almost like a brother to these other um, either native-born American or first-generation Hispanic um, students. Coming here to Central Texas as an African refugee, needless to say, a whole lot of things were different off the soccer field for fit, but on it as well,
9: it's the little things that made the biggest difference. We'll get like plastic bags, put them together, tie them with a rope, that, that was our soccer ball. So when I got here and they have all this type of, equipment. I was like, I'm a pro now, I guess.
0: Now a senior after graduation in June, fit thought about continuing his soccer career in college, but decided to
9: enlist in the Marines. I like doing things that kind of has a impact on somebody's life, not just myself,
0: not just a soccer player, but a very good one helping lead the Raiders to their best ever season in 2022, reaching the regional final.
9: I, don't I was crying after that game, not simply because i not simply because we lost, but I was kind of excited. I was like, I really did this. I, was, I really was a part of this.
0: From playing soccer barefoot to now making history with a selfless mindset, Noah Gross, KXAN News. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.